In the name of Jesus, amen. So whatever you would whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. This is loving others as yourself. Now I know for a fact that no one likes to be spoken badly of. I know that none of you like others talking about you behind your back, spreading rumors about you. It hurts. The old children's rhymes that says sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We know it's just not true. Words do hurt. Luther noted, living in human society is tolerable only if one is not in public disgrace or contempt. Therefore, God does not want the neighbor's reputation, honor, and character any more than his money or property taken from him or diminished. He wants everyone to enjoy the respect of his wife, children, servants, and neighbor. In other words, it's hard to go to work or social functions or family to get-togethers or even come to church if you know that people are talking badly about you. We all know that this is true from our own life experiences. We have all had people tell lies about us, betray our confidence, slander us, and hurt our reputation. When I was in high school, there was one person who told a lot of bad things about me. Now, some of the things that she said was true, but some of it was false. Yet none of the things that she said were told to others out of love for me. She hurt me. Luther noted, honor and reputation can be destroyed in a moment, but cannot soon be restored. It would take a long time, many years, for my honor to be restored among those who listened to this woman's slander about me. We've all been slandered, and unfortunately, we've all slandered other people. The Eighth Commandment says that you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And this means that we should fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbor, betray him, slander him, or hurt his reputation, but defend him, speak well of him, and explain everything in the kindest way. Now you might be thinking, and maybe that's what this person was thinking when they talked about me, but you might be thinking, isn't it okay to speak of what this person did if it's true? Well, Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Now when someone does wrong that we know about, we should go and talk to that person first and foremost. But the most of the time, we have a strong temptation to run and to tell a friend or somebody else 
and share about that other person's sins and misfortunes. Luther notes, likewise, if someone whispers in your ear what this or that person is supposed to have done, tell the whisperer to go himself and reprove the man in case he saw him doing the wrong. But if he did not see it, tell him to keep his mouth shut. We do not need to hurt others through breaking the Eighth Commandment. It's a sin. And by doing it, we hurt others and we even ruin not only their reputation, but we ruin our own reputations because we become known as gossips. Luther explains, so when you get to know about a secret sin, let your ear become its grave and shovel dirt in on top of it and do not resurrect it. Until, you are, until the day when you are appointed judge and thus have the duty to administer by, or punishment by virtue of your office. In other words, don't spread the secret. If you know for a fact that it's true, then go and talk to that person in private. Isn't that what we would want others to do for us? Isn't that what love would do? If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, and spreading rumors is a form of hate, he hates his brother, then he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. When we talk bad about others, we are hurting them whether they know about it or not. These are acts of hate that fail to show God's love in us. These sins of ours need to be confessed and they need to be put under the blood of Christ. And when possible, it's not always possible, but when possible, we need to reconcile the harm that we have done out of love for our neighbor. We love them because Christ first loved us. Our sins hurt others. And ultimately, any of our sins have caused Jesus to go to the cross. It was actually, if you noticed in our gospel reading, it was actually by the breaking of the Eighth Commandment that the chief priests and the council sought to put Jesus to death Remember, they tried to gather false witnesses against them, against him. The scripture says, Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus, that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. They were trying to get at least two false witnesses who had the same story. But they couldn't. For as, gossips, for as gossip spreads, the story often changes. None of their testimonies could be confirmed because none of them were telling the same story. However, it should be known that our false testimonies about others are one of the things that put Jesus on the cross. 
Jesus said, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Jesus took our sin, even our sin of gossip, and put it right upon himself. And it says they spit in his face, and they struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? Well, we have all struck him with the sword of our tongues. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. Jesus has healed us. And he has paid for the very sins that we committed that put him on the cross. He has had mercy upon us and has not given us the punishment that we deserve. He has instead given us grace and he has promised us heaven that we never could have earned. What would cause him to give us grace and mercy? Why has he not struck us down the way that we have struck others down with our tongues? The answer is love. He loves you. Jesus could have perpetuated one crime for another into affinity. But on the cross, he said, it is finished. It stops here. And he shows his love for you through the gifts that he gives from his cross. Scripture reads, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, that is abiding in God through faith in his Son, By this is love perfected in us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. When we come to recognize our sin of slandering others, we fear God's wrath. Chances are, as you are hearing this, you are thinking about people that you have talked ill about. And this causes us to plead to the Father for mercy through Jesus Christ. And then his perfect love, it covers our sins by the means of Jesus' cross. This fills us with joy, and we cannot help but speak well of our neighbor. There was a man named Jonathan in our Old Testament lesson who knew of God's love. He believed that Jesus, the promised Savior, was going to come into the world through his best friend, David. He believed that God had anointed David to be the next king. Now, Jonathan could have hated David with extreme hate because of this, 
because Jonathan's father was the current king. And if things were to go the natural course, Jonathan would have become king. But Jonathan knew of the promised Savior Jesus because he knew God's love. And therefore, he loved David. He was loving David as if David were Christ himself. That's how we're to treat others, even if they're not worthy of it. And his love for David actually caused Jonathan to speak well of him in the worst possible time. You see, Saul, the king, spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all the servants that they should kill David. This would have been perfect for Jonathan because it would have erased his competition. And so often in life, that's what we're all about, competing to get the best, to have the best for us. Saul was slandering David, saying that David's life was not worth living, that they should kill him. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak to my father about you. Jonathan then went and defended David, spoke well of David, and explained everything about David in the kindest possible way. Now remember, it should have been very difficult for Jonathan to speak well of David because Jonathan was the rightful heir to the throne by blood. But Jonathan had his mind set not on the things of man, but his mind was set on the things of God. So his mind was set on God's love for him that would reveal itself in Jesus the great, 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 great grandfather of, da- of Jesus, the grandson of David, sorry. So he spoke well of David. And Saul actually listened to the voice of Jonathan, his son, and he spared his life at that time. But later on, Saul's heart turned against David once again, and he actually died in his sin. And David, as we all know, did become king. But what I want you to note is the way that Jonathan defended someone that it would have been very easy for him to hate. I am convinced that he could only do this because God first loved him. In the same way, you know that God loves you through his son. And Jesus now intercedes for you to the Father, just as Jonathan did with his father. Jesus himself defends you, speaks well of you, and explains everything in the kindest way about you. Jesus says to the Heavenly Father, I know that they have sinned, but I have covered their sin with my holy precious blood, and with my innocent suffering and death. Grant them forgiveness because of what I have done.
And now, because Jesus speaks well of us, we act like Jonathan, and we speak well of others. In the name of Jesus, amen.